Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. It is a Monday. And interestingly enough, the Straits Times Index and most of the major markets that are opened across the region today before lunch break we're actually a little bit on the upside. Mm-hmm, are we still correct. on the upside? Well, uh, let's see. For us, definitely, that is a that is a big yes for Singapore. In fact, it's a very confident upside. We're up by 2.7%. And it seems like we are in lockstep with Japan for the best performing uh, major markets in the Asia Pacific today. Well, actually, we're, we're trailing uh, Australia now because the ASX 200 is up by 4.2%. But nevertheless, look at that. The Straits Times Index up by 65 points in today's session. 2,454 is where we sit as we ha- as we uh, exit the lunch break. Um, value turnover, though, a bit thinner than we've seen. Uh, just There's just 638 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. So if you asked me this again last week, last year, I would have said this would be a good session. But compared to all the volume and activity we've seen, and especially in the month of March, this is still this is relatively thin when you compare it to those days. Nevertheless, uh, 236 stocks and REITs and trusts in the green, 109 which are trading lower today. So you're seeing the winners at least outpacing the losers by a ratio of more than two to one. So yeah, very strong um, performance for markets here. Uh, the rest of the region mixed. We said the Nikkei 225 is up by 2.5%. ASX 200 in Australia up by 4%. Shanghai, Shenzhen slightly in the red. Well, actually, they're not trading today. Uh, Skip my mind here. They, uh, they are on holiday because in observance of Tomb Sweeping Day. This is kind of like their All Souls Day. I think it's called. Singming is what it's called. So it's uh, their version of All Souls Day where they go and tend to the graves of their Mm -hmm. loved Mm -hmm. ones and their ancestors. So no action in mainland China. There is action in Hong Kong, though. And the Hang Seng's trading about more than 1% in the green so far today. The Korean Kospi also up by 2.7%. So there's a bit of optimism, actually, across the region. I think it's... uh, there are everybody is watching out for the the number of deaths daily mm-hmm. across some of these major areas. So Italy actually had a what indicated that they actually saw their lowest number in new deaths in uh, in uh, new deaths in about two weeks since March nineteen. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a it's a cause for optimism on their part. We saw we saw France also report a one week low in terms of new deaths. Mind you, these deaths are still in the hundreds though for these two European countries. But nevertheless, it's a sign for them. It's a it's opportunity for folks to go like, wait, are the lockdown measures here actually starting to work? Can we start to come down from this already? Um, the U.S. also New York State they reported their first. First decline in COVID-related deaths. Nevertheless, it's still a lot, but they are seeing signs of the first of uh, of uh, perhaps maybe signs that this lockdown is actually taking uh, taking measure. Uh, Bill Gates of uh, Microsoft today actually also indicated that he doesn't think that the death toll will actually hit those worst-case scenarios of 240,000 dead in the United States. So there's a bit of optimism that maybe some of these lockdown measures are starting to bear fruit. As we know, Singapore already getting through some of our what we what uh, Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong called a circuit breaker. Um, we're going through that. We're we're about to kick that off actually for the next um, thirty uh, more, give or take, like months. Uh, so there is a bit of optimism. I think here in Singapore, the other thing that's perhaps buoying um, optimism on the trading floors is everybody's waiting out for this uh, third stimulus package that uh, Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Heng Cat is prepared to uh, uh, unveil in less than an hour, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, less than an hour, well, indeed. Yeah. Calling it the solidarity budget. I think a lot of people are hoping that it will be that bomb 
mm. that will take them through the the next month or yes. more. And they 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 have said that this is what's going. They're specifically going to target uh, the uh, the the circuit breaker period of the next mm-hmm. uh, five five weeks, thirty 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 days, give or take, um, just to tidy folks over who are going to be impacted because these are going to be very severe. It's a ramp up basically of some of these social restriction measures that we've uh, that have been indicated. Basically, you can't eat in you can't eat at uh, at restaurants anymore. You can only take out. Um, and you are being encouraged to bring your own containers as yes, well. Yes, you're actually being encouraged to bring your own containers to make sure you minimize the spread, um, which reminds me I should probably do that when I go home and get before I get dinner outside, right? <laughs> um, okay, but going back to this, I, uh, there's, there's two things that, that are being signaled I, I, by, by this. First, on Friday, you have Prime Minister Lee Hsien Long saying that, okay, we're going to be implementing some of these circuit breaker measures. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday, you've got uh, Deputy Prime Minister Aung Sui Kat saying, well, don't worry, guys. We've got some measures already we've played. We've got you. We're, we've got you. We're, we're, we're on top of it. You know, we, 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 we know that you guys have spent the weekend just digesting all of these measures, but we've, we're preparing a package. We hope it's enough, but at least this, will, this also shows that you know, authorities and fiscal authorities are not, they're not ignorant of the possible economic impact. From all of these uh, severe social restriction measures, some of these severe uh, distancing measures that we've that, that have been implemented, the containment measures as well, and number two, I think it's also a way for the government actually to tell markets here that you know what we're not out of firepower yet. We've got this is a third. This is the third. Um, this is the third package they've unveiled. I think in three months. Mm-hmm. So we, we we have the one that they did during the budget in February. They have the uh, resilience budget, which was last month or just a couple of weeks ago, to be honest. And now we have this. So in some ways, they're also indicating to folks that, you know, we do have ammo. We do have room to actually provide some of this fiscal stimulus. You, we can continue to ask the question, is it in, going to be enough? And I think it's going to be very difficult to really answer. But at the same time, it doesn't hurt if you throw another bucket of water on the fire, right? <clears throat> so, I, I actually have to say that... Um I think Singaporeans, myself included, and and you being here, uh, were really actually quite lucky. It seems like the government's on top of things. They are thinking a couple of steps ahead. And we should just do what it is that they're telling us to do and stay home. You know what's very interesting, and this is coming from me as a foreigner, actually, that sees um, there's always been this argument about whether or not the lessons you learn from how Singapore handles these emergencies and and uh, let, let's call it a pandemic right now, mm-hmm. whether they can be applied to bigger countries. Because let's face it, Singapore is basically a city-state. It's mm-hmm. a, basically one huge metropolis that you're managing. It's a little less complicated than big, big, uh, big countries. But what I'm learning, looking at some of the lessons uh, and the mistakes that are being made in the Philippines, for instance, is that there's a number of instances where you have these local governments actually stepping up and saying, you know what, in spite of all the problems, some of the issues that we're running into, some of the logistical uh, snafus we're running into, um, these these local governments, these mayors have been able to step up and actually provide very effective support. And it makes me wonder, well, are there lessons to be learned? How important is it that your local governments respond to some of these times of crises, that they're nimble enough, that they're prepared to, to respond to these and can react? And in that case... Aren't there lessons that can be learned on local levels from how Singapore handles things? Mm-hmm. Because technically, you are managing a huge city in, in, in the form of Singapore. Can some of these cities that are waiting for responses from national governments, can they actually act on their own? Can they actually implement some of the lessons we're learning here on that particular scale? And I think uh, 
the answer for me, at least in my opinion, is yes. And, right. uh, and I think when we all come out of this, I think it'd be very interesting just run a run a huge roundtable and say, hey, what are the lessons we've learned? What are what are what some of the mistakes we we've made? What can we apply and scale? And more importantly, from the mistakes and the uh, lapses that have happened, because no response has been perfect. No. Have we have we been able? How are we able to actually make up ground and catch up with things? We've talked about South Korea making up ground and 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 uh, and actually. And actually making up for some of the lost time that they had also. And frankly, we, Singapore also saw 120 new cases overnight. Mm-hmm. But these are, I, I think the examples, and it brings me back to the examples we're seeing across the world that, you know, It's never hopeless. You might be behind, but there's always a chance to catch up. Yeah. And I think uh, if anyone can prove that, um, I think Singapore's got a, shot, a very good shot at doing that. But we all have to abide by the new measures. And honestly, the sooner we do this, the sooner we can get out of the tunnel, right? So we might as well just swallow the, the bitter medicine that Ama's giving us. <laughs> you know? I am actually looking forward to spending more time at home, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the things that I've noticed, how we got the here is, is something else altogether. But <laughs> I've been, you know, on Facebook for most of the weekend watching silly videos of families getting together and doing stupid dance routines mm. and stuff. And I think that's great because what it's given us an opportunity to do is reset and rebond with the people who really are closest to and, us. And it's amazing. Actually, a number of uh, friends and peers of mine in, in journalism, they've... They actually, they, a lot of them have been saying that they've been reconnecting with people more in these times yep. through video conferencing more than they have during their, their normal lives because there's more of an impetus and need now to go and say, hi, how are you doing? And everybody And are is, you okay? And are you okay? Because we're all facing something very similar. I mean, you name a major city in the world, they're probably going through something very similar to what yeah. we're going through at a different degrees, but also different challenges. So you kind of want to know, well, how is the lockdown affecting You, folks in Bangalore, how mm-hmm. is uh, how are the uh, emer- community quarantines affecting folks in Manila? What's life like in New York now? It's the standstill, you know. But and uh, just and it's it's uh, it's interesting to see how folks are either pulling themselves together or helping each other out because this is also a very challenging time, and I'm sure folks are having problems also adjusting to this. What I I don't want to call it a new normal, but for the next few months, it might. Have to be that, right? A new normal, yes. A temporary new normal. Let's let's call it a temporary normal, as uh, oxymoronic as that sounds, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's end today's market view on an interesting note. SIA SIA Engineering, Scoot and Sats are sending seventeen thousand five hundred staff for skills upgrading. I know some of. Uh, cabin crews have already started training mm-hmm. um, to go and help in in healthcare positions, right? Which is absolutely fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a move made by the aviation industry. We can call them that. It's Scoot, SA Engineering, Singapore Airlines, Sats. They're, what are you going to do if you are pretty much grounded mm-hmm. and, for, and uh, you have a lot of folks who have nothing to do on the ground? Well, you send seventeen thousand five hundred staff members for training because of the widespread uh, widespread flight suspensions and. Uh, Uh, they say that this will translate to about 39,500 days of training for aviation workers. Um, Scoot has sent about 23 of their flight and cabin crew home for home-based learning courses to develop awareness of the emerging technologies and build confidence in using technology. Um, so they're all trying to use this time to upgrade their skills. Mm-hmm. I think this is very interesting because one of the th- one of the uh, one of the lessons I, re- I remember that came out of the 2008 financial crisis. And there was a huge um, effort, at least in the U.S. economy, to try and generate jobs. And folks were still didn't have jobs. And companies were saying, you know, we have job openings. It's not that that's the case. It's just that the technology 
and the way these sectors have all changed now, it's gotten to this point that there are not enough people with the skills to meet these new demands. Mm -hmm. So you kind of want to stay a step ahead of that as well. If you are waiting to go back to your job, be prepared that there could be new demands, there could be new things that are impacting it, perhaps new technologies shaping the way you, you, uh, you conduct yourselves in those industries as well. And this might be a good time to just try and stay on top of that stuff. Because while we're waiting at home for this virus, this pandemic to, to, uh, to fade or perhaps to ease, you know, I mean, uh, changes in industries and technologies, they don't completely let up and they don't completely come to a standstill. In fact, a number of industries might be coming back out of this saying, well, maybe we need to rethink how we handle ourselves because we're obviously not prepared for a pandemic of this scale. We need to rethink how we hand, how we do these. And that's going to go down to the staff as well, where there are going to be new demands, there are going to be new skills that you're going to need as well. New technologies are going to have to uh, adjust towards as well. And I think this is a this is just them making a very efficient use of their time, at least Singapore Airlines, SAA Engineering, SATs, and Scoot as well. Did you see that article about some of the cabin crew that have already started working on on getting skilled so that they can go and help uh, in healthcare? I thought that was, I, that was really very heartwarming. I, I think so too. I mean... Uh, because they volunteered for it. Ah, uh, yes. Well, it, it's also a question of what is really needed in these times, mm-hmm. right? And you need folks who can actually respond to a sudden need. And, and heaven forbid something happens where we have a shortage of health workers here. I think yes. the government's done a very good job of managing that and keeping our health workers safe and sane at the same time. Sure. But uh, it, it doesn't help to have a, a couple of other folks in reserve. And you know, if, if uh, it reminds me of a friend of mine in Manila who actually just volunteered to do that as well because basically she can't run her business right now. And she said, well, I'm just going to volunteer to try and ferry health workers back and forth. Because this, we, we need all the help we can get. And uh, this is, these are the skills you need if you can train yourself to do that. And it could also serve you well when you're on a, if you're on a flight, on, on a, if you're part of a cabin crew and there is a medical emergency on your flight. I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing that uh, there is a, a need and, uh, and a necessity to respond to some of these issues, especially if, uh, if we see another, again, heaven forbid, another incidence like this pandemic erupt in the next decade or so. I don't know. Well, let's hope it's a decade let's, or so. Let's hope it's a century or so, at least, right? I mean, I think we've, I think we've all, we can, the world can agree that we've all kind of been through a lot. Okay, this is, en- yeah, the, this is enough. <laughs> uh, off, once we get out from un- uh, under this, can we not have to deal with this again for a very long time? Yeah, I know. I, I, I think we are all in agreement of that. <laughs> all right, before we wrap market view for today, the Straits Times Index, where are we at now? We are now. We're still above 2,400, 2,452, in fact. Um, six, we're 63 points in the green. I have a feeling we're going to probably just chill out in this, in these levels, at these levels, unless something big is announced later on. I don't want, I, I've not seen anything about this budget. I've, I have no, nothing at all. But if, uh, if there could be positive surprises from this, we know we you know we we don't know. But uh, in thirty minutes, but I think we all anticipate it. Everyone's going to anticipate this, and I think it's also why we're seeing value turnover just a little cautious compared to other sessions. I think folks are just saying, "Well, let's get back into this, but let's wait," because I think uh, this budget's going to be very important to determine uh, for uh, determine well is it going to be enough to tide us over over the next uh, the next, next thirty five days or so thereabouts thereabouts right so. All years in next half hour, actually. All right. This has been Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Teresa Montero, um, along with JP Ong. And I think right before we end the segment, I also want to say if you are British and listening, we hope your Prime Minister will be just fine. You're on Money FM 89.3. 
Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.